Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to another edition of uh, sports urban legend Roma coast Mokala Matthew and of course William Mamo. what's up Mac how you doing hey man how's it going I'm doing all right you know I mean other than the final score of the Meg game today I'm you know I'm doing okay oh yeah well same here final score <laughs> for the Yankee game as well um, yeah we're definitely gonna dive into that momentarily um you know thank you ladies and gentlemen for checking out this episode um today's episode is going to be really really busy um you know we're going to talk about our recap of opening day uh you know thursday night for the yankees friday night for the mets and uh this season so far for both teams we'll, we'll also talk about uh, these blockbuster moves by uh, my two other teams. Um, Tom Thibodeau is finally the next Nick head coach. We're gonna we're gonna get into that very soon. We're also gonna talk about um, the Jamal Adams trade finally going down. We'll get into that as well, um, and then you know wrap it up with some. Um, with, you know, WWE, AEW, you know, talk pro wrestling as you will. But uh, most importantly, um, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to talk about any of these topics or more. And, of course, that number is 563-999-3529. So feel free to talk. You know, let your voice be heard. But um, yeah. But before we get into that, um, yeah, let's um, yeah, let's 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 um talk about some recent passings. You know, lately. Um, yeah. Last week, unfortunately, I forgot to mention uh that um. America lost one of its great heroes in uh in the representative John Lewis. You know, he passed away last week, um, at the age of eighty. A man who literally, you know, gave his life for the country, fighting civil rights alongside, you know, Martin Luther King during the civil rights era. You know, he and then not to mention he served the country as a representative for thirty years. Uh, you know, he passed away uh, last week. So, you know, my my thoughts and prayers go out to his family, and I pray he, you know, he rests in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. It was a great civil rights activist of our generation. Well, for the last, you know, three generations or so, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rest in peace. Absolutely. And, um... Also, news in the entertainment world, uh, you know, Regis, Regis Philbin, he passed away earlier today, 
also. Um, I think he had a heart attack. Yeah. Of course, he was a legendary host for, you know, Regis and Cassie Lee, Regis and Kelly. And then, of course, one of my favorite game shows of all time, um, who wants to be a millionaire. So, you know, he, he passed away, I think, at the age of 88, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, rest in peace for his, you know, his, to his family as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Likewise, my condolences to Regis Stone, one of the great uh, talk show hosts, game show hosts. You know, even though he, he hosted uh, um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for only what, three three years, I think, three or four years, you know, he pretty made, much made that show. And, of course, you know, he's prominent for uh, Regis and Kathy Lee and then Regis and Kelly Ripa, right. you know, so... Yeah, you know, one of the great um, talk show host guys. Um, but yeah, my condolences go out to him, you know his family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. With that said, um, yeah, let's um, let's switch to um, I guess opening day before we get to you know the Tom Thibodeau and Jamal Adams and uh, yeah, Thursday night. You know the Yankees. Um, they they showed why they were the Bronx Bombers. You know Stanton. You know he he hits a bomb, and I think they they won by the final score was six to one, in Garrett Cole's um, you know debut start as a Yankee. You know, four to one. Oh, it's four to, oh yeah right that's four to one my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, four to one, and um, what, what can you say? I mean. You know that's you know that's good for him. You know that's a, he lived it, lived out his boyhood dream. You know, finally playing for the team. You know he he would have for unlike you know some players who you could say they're mercenaries like Roger Clemens and you know they just came to the Yankees to you know make make the most money and to quote unquote win a championship. You know this guy he's a legit Yankee fan. You know he ha- still has a sign of. You know when he was, you know, a Yankee fan in 2001. So, yeah, you know, I'm happy for him that he got to live out his, you know, just the beginning of his boyhood dream. So, you know, he showed up and uh, showed out, and you know, got the got the W. Uh, what was yeah. the thoughts? Uh, it, you know, I mean, early. it was a good first outing. Um, you know, although it was cut short by the rain, but you know, he ended up with five strikeouts. Uh, went five innings, just gave up that one home run, and you know Yankees. Uh, John uh, Carlos Stanton was responsible for three of those four Yankee runs, but it was a good first game. You know, it's still weird not seeing the crowd, you know, in the stands, but you know uh, the players are still going hard, still playing their at their best. So it was a good first game, but today was not so good. You know. Uh, Yankee offense didn't show up. Um, Paxton, you know, had a horrible game. Um, he he had like I think uh, three, he had three earned runs. I think he struggled, you know, for the first two innings, and then they had to pull him. They brought in Michael King, who then, you know, pitched okay for the most part, but you know he got hit hard in the later innings. You know, he gave up about four earned runs. Um, so not a good day for the Yankees today after winning yesterday. So they end up losing today 9-2 to the defending champs. So hopefully they'll 
be able to rebound against the Phillies. Um, I think, uh, like, do they play Nationals one, uh, one more time? I think they play, no, yeah. actually, yeah, yeah, they play Nationals one, one more time, and then the Phillies on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're playing against the National League more than the Mets do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm looking at the next, the, the you know, because Mets are going to play, um, obviously they're going to play uh, tomorrow night to to win the rubber match, just just like the Yankees are trying to do with the Nationals. Yeah. Um, after that, Mets are going to be trying to do the Yankees a favor and beat up on the the Red Sox. Um, the first two games are going to be in Fenway, and then the last two is going to be in City Field. So that's like a rematch of the '86 World Series right there. Yep. And you no, know, for the, for these next four games, you know, Yankee fans are going to be Mets fans. So. <laughs> Let's try to make the. We're gonna try to make you guys happy. Oh yeah, yeah. And you guys, Mets fans, are gonna be Yankee fans. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, yeah. Speaking of the Mets, um, you know, Mets uh, on Thursday night, or rather Friday afternoon, Mets do what they do best. They they won opening day. Final score one to nothing. Obviously, Cespedes has the big blast, but I don't know if you know this, but Mets are Mets have the best um, percentage and record in MLB history when it comes to opening day. Wow. You know what was the first year Mets won the opening day? Mm, no, what was the Mets first year. Been, Mets haven't been around since 1962. You know what was the first year they won the. 1962? Nope. Uh, I'll give you three guesses. Three more guesses. 1986? <laughs> no, it's not 1986. The first time they ever won, uh, you know. An opening day? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1969? No, nope. I give up. The answer is, you were close. 1970. Oh, okay. 1970. So what does that mean? Mets won their first eight opening days. And the day, the, the game after they win the World Series, the very next year, opening day next year, is when they finally won opening day. So literally Mets won the World Series before they won their first ever opening day in 1970. Wow. So that's a, another weird and interesting fact by the Mets. Yeah. But um yeah they they won final score one nothing, uh Jacob Degrom pitched well he only won five innings struck out eight, um he the reason why he didn't go further is because he was battling with back stiffness which of course uh, resulted in him not pitching against the Yankees in uh you know that uh, spring training Bishop match instead he he threw like simulated games so as a result they wanted to be um. You know they want to be um they want to you know let let them pitch with precaution and not let them pitch more than eighty innings. So basically, um, that's why they didn't make him go deeper in the game. But all in all, he pitched well. The bullpen pitched great on opening day. Um, so this was, had the home run, first home run in two years, and um. Diaz 
He he pitched well in the ninth to get the save. But as you all know, like the Charles Dickens book, uh, I think it was Tales of Two Cities, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. So to unfortunately segue into game two, Steven Matz, he pitched well. Unfortunately, um, Edwin Diaz did. He pitched well for the for the first two batters, and then afterwards, three two pitch out of here, tied the game up. Wow. They they here's what happened one nothing it was one nothing um, Braves, um, a guy who who lives near um, Matz forgot his name. I think it was with a D. He he hits a he hits a home run and um he what was I gonna say? He hit a home run off of Matt's and then afterwards, um because basically he knew he knows Matt's personally because they, they live near each other you know, before the um you know, during the pandemic they were training together. Yeah. So yeah, basically you know, he knew him a little bit too well and, um, hit, you know, hit the home run off of him. Um, oh, Duval, yeah, that's his name, Adam Duval. He hit, he hit the, the home run, you know, off of Matt in the second inning. And um, I'm trying to remember the, the other pitcher's name. Because he pit, he pitched well, Max Freed. Yeah, he pit, he he pitched well. Um, he even had the Mets no hit until I think like what till the fifth inning or so. But you know, after Diaz allowed the game tying home run to uh, Marcelo Zuna, uh, the floodgates opened uh, for the Mets bullpen. Hunter Strickland. Goes into the history books, giving up the leadoff RBI single because thanks to MLB, you know they have the stupid rule about oh once you get into the tenth inning you automatically have a, a person in scoring position. So yeah, Mets suffered mortal blow of this new rule, and uh, Hunter Strickland, the guy who had a, who had a fight with. Bryce Harper several years ago, you know, basically he gives up the hit and, you know, just snowballed from there. And he allowed two more runs. The the, the Braves had a 5-3 lead. Mets in typical fashion when a team, you know, scores runs on them, at least two runs on them, they score a run back, make it 5-3. to three. They had the bases loaded, nobody out. Nobody out, bases loaded. Dominic Smith gets a sack fly, and that's all she wrote because they couldn't, they couldn't score. They might as well have called Angela Lansbury because murder she wrote. And <laughs> you could put in the books, the Mets lost the, the game. So the it's season, a Diaz, man. Yeah. He's like, this guy. He's, it, he's it, cosplaying as Romano Benitez. <laughs> I mean, some guys are just not cut out, you know, for New York, you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's looking like that he's one of the guys, mm-hmm. you know, so far. I mean, 
And I saw the highlights of him smiling like Chapman when he gave up that home run. Yeah, I, mean, I, I noticed that myself, <laughs> too. I noticed that myself, too. But I know it's not like a, you know, intentional smile. It's just like a, fu- a frustration yeah, smile. Yeah, like, I can't believe it happened. Yeah, but, I mean, again. but, you know, it's, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he has a better season than he did last year. But, you know, things keep going this way, you know, you got to start to wonder, is this guy cut out, you know, for this New York market? Because, again, yeah. we've seen guys come here. Big stars on both the Yankee side and the side that haven't, you know, performed well like they did when they were all stars on other teams. Yep. And speaking of that, uh, uh, the Tensors, he pitched well as expected, you know, a local guy. That's good. Know. So he that's pitched my, well. That's my dude. Yeah, he, you know, as expected, he, you know, he pitched well. He should be the closer if Edwin Diaz doesn't get his act together. Um. I don't know. I mean, with as a Yankees, he, he he's better as a setup guy. He only. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to put that pressure on him. Yeah, you that's know. true. I mean, Lugo. I mean, Lugo is the best reliever they got. You know, to the to to be honest with you, I mean, obviously Diaz has the most potential since you know he had that what was it fifty seven save year with the the Mariners, but. As you can see, we, you know, you can't trust this guy. Familia would be the, the the other guy too, but you know, Familia had a horrible year last year. Um, he pitched well, um, you know, today, uh, you know, t- for today. Um, and historically, he's pitched well, with the exception of last year and the t- 2015 World Series. But then again, the defense betrayed him, you know. I mean, other than the quick pitch he did in game one, flashbacks. I'm going off topic here. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, th- th- those would be the the best two options I, I could think. Justin Wilson, he, he, you know, he's been he's been great for the Mets uh, ever since last year. So, I mean, all in all, the Mets have a really good bullpen, you know. But, damn, that – Diaz, man, he's 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 unreliable. Like I like I said, like, like I foolishly said last week, you know, if Diaz, you know, if Diaz and Familiar bounces back, you know, they could be a championship caliber team. I mean, their bullpen is that good. You know, obviously their yeah. starting pitcher took a hit with um, you know, Syndergaard getting hurt, and Strowman got hurt too. So you know that that's another, the guy who was supposed to be the number three starter who who got slotted up to number two. He gets hurt as well. You know he he doesn't think he thinks it'll be it's a minor setback, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, man, uh, yeah, the Mets offense kind of was um, stagnant these last couple of days. Uh, Pete Alonso finally got his first hit of the season. Uh, he struck out a bunch in these first two games. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, with the bright lights of, you know, the ESPN game tomorrow night, he'll he'll snap out of it, you know. Yeah, rubber we'll, game tomorrow. We'll, we'll ail him. So with that said, who you think had the better um, opening day performance? The two-time reigning Cy Young Award winner Jacob Degrom, or 
Garrett Cole, who is the potential um, American League Cy Young Award winner this year? Um, I would say it's even right now, you know? Well, then again, I mean, the uh, uh, didn't give up any runs, so you could give the edge to the I guess, you know? Um, as far as who's performed better, better offensively, I mean, definitely the Yankees so far. The Mets, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys haven't done re- anything really offensively, mm-hmm. you know, in these two series, in these two games. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it's still early. You know, we'll see what happens as the season goes on, you know, but you can't really right now judge uh, from these two games how both teams are going to perform um, mm-hmm. here for the whole entire season. You know, it's a short schedule, so anything can happen mm-hmm. right now. Oh yeah, uh, I I agree with agree with you a hundred percent. Oh yeah, and, and what about the DH? You know, since uh, <laughs> we had Cespedes in the DH role, <laughs> if the if there was no DH, Cespedes would have probably pinched hit later in the game, but he would not. Well, he probably they wouldn't have let him play to play in outfield. That's for sure. You know, so he probably would have come up and pinched hit maybe, but. Mm-hmm. He would he he would have, he would have had limited play that um in that game right if it wasn't for the yeah. DH. I mean, very true. You know, I I can't dispute that. And that's what the DH was meant for, like for guys who uh, need time off or are injured. You know, the DH is perfect for that, where they don't have to play in the field. You know, all they do is just hit. You know, yeah. and that's I'm perfect sure. for the for Cespedes right now. Mm-hmm. You're hundred percent. You're hundred percent right. I mean. Once I, you know, stepped back and realized it was going to be a reality, that DH is going to be universal, you know, the Mets do benefit the most out of it, you know, yeah. from the league. I mean, obviously the Braves and the National as well, but, yeah, yeah Mets are a huge – it's a huge advantage for the Mets, and um, Friday night was a huge um, example of that. So, yeah. Did he play today? Uh, yes, yeah, that's what it is. Yes, that's what it is played today. Um, oh. um, I think he got a hit in his last at bat, and then he okay. got pinch, got pinch ran for um by um Eduardo Nunez, or you know, of course, the former Yankee as well. I see. But yeah, man. Yeah, hopefully Mets can win this rubber game uh, tomorrow night. So. Yeah. So. You guys went to extra innings today in that uh-huh. in the second game today. So they're saying the they put the runner on second um during the half inning of the tenth. What does that mean, Max? So like when there's two outs or one out, they put a runner on lead second. Lead off the game. Oh, so it's lead off. So why were you saying uh, in the half inning that's when the runner gets put on second? I don't know what they were talking about there. Yeah, because I I I, per, I definitely saw that they had a layoff. They had a person on base automatically, and okay. that's why um uh Strickland gave up the the leadoff um the leadoff hit. Yeah, but I think you guys also you you guys uh, had the bases loaded right in the bottom tenth. Yeah. Yep. Could have you guys could have walked off. We could have, but. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> we did it. I mean, what can we say? I mean, 
it was the other team in the Bronx, they probably would have walked off. So. Okay. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, this, you know, the Mets offense is, um, you know, it's it's sporadic. Yeah, right now. Yeah. They got a lot of potential, but you know, they need they need Cano to get hot. They need Alonso to get hot. Shoot. Practically, this whole team needs to get hot. I mean, Jeff McNeil, he's he, he's um he's hit well for the most part. Um, trying to think who else. Conforto, he had a big game. Um, yeah. he he went three for three. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the Mets they gotta wake up this offense. Well, you know, it's it's still early. You know, these guys, you know, they've been off for what almost uh four or five months. You know, and a lot of them are rusty, so mm-hmm. that also plays into it a bit. Even on our side, you know, we don't have many guys that's really hitting right now, even though it's just two games. But I don't think you know, fans should panic just yet. You know? Right. Very so. true. Except for Diaz case. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, man! Just yesterday, I was just yesterday when we won the game. I was like, man. I mean, it's like you're already stressed out already. Just watching Diaz pitch yesterday, and he got the save. Yeah. And then, my goodness, just two games, man. You feel like you feel like you're in July during a regular season, like <laughs> ridiculous, man. And we just had the All Star game and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. July's almost over. Almost going to August. Yeah, the the trading deadline is coming soon too. Yeah. But um yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on what's going on with this um shortened baseball season. Uh oh yeah, so you're gonna wish you heard that they the player association they they approved that they want it to be a what was it? Uh trying to think of what they said. I think it was a Sixteen team race or something. Playoff. Yeah, something like that. I, I think they need the owners to approve of it for it to be. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Are they gonna, so? Are they give uh, some of these teams buys to win their division, or no, is every team gonna be going against? I think good? so. I think. I think everybody's playing. I think everybody's playing for some reason. Because wow. I think it's every the the first two teams of every division plays. And then they have what two more other teams or so? Right. Come on, so you have eight teams on each in each league, pretty much. That's that ridiculous. That's that's too much. It's baseball is too much. Yeah, man. Just leave. Just leave the. They should have just left it the way it was. You know, even. You know what I mean? But they want to just they want to they want to have more teams in the in the playoff race. And uh, of course, this is going to generate money. This, I mean, this is what it's all about. But I think it's a, I think it's a dumb move. To be if honest. they said, if they had said six teams in each league, which would make it twelve, that would have been fine because then you could have, um, you can then have like four teams balloted out in a wild card, while the the top two teams with the best records get a bye. That I would mm-hmm. be in favor for. You and know? you like football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I still feel like 
in baseball, some of these wildcard teams should be penalized even more for mm-hmm. making it. You know. Well, now they are being now they are penalized prior to this um, this season because now they have that one game playoffs against the other wild card team, and whoever wins will advance to face the divisional. You know, in the divisional series. Right, right, but you know that I, that I feel is not enough. You know, <laughs> but now now with the 16th now, do you even have that one game playoff? Now you're probably not even gonna have that. You might have. I think you might even have like, three. You know, that's a three or something like that. I'm like, it's so convoluted, man. I don't, mm. Just saying. Too many. I mean, there's just too many changes. Most notably, the every every day is a D is a interleague game. Yeah, that that ridiculous. But I digress, man. We'll we'll see what happens with the with the baseball season. But um, I think gears. Um, to um basketball NBA, we have some. We actually have some good news with the Knicks. I mean, the, the last time you heard the good news with the Knicks, you know they had the Knicks were playing on NBA on NBC. <laughs> you know, because the Knicks have the Knicks have not been good ever since I've met you. So I'm blaming you, man. No, that's not true. They have never. <laughs> they have those three good seasons. They only have one. One season, they only had one good season with with with, with uh, what's his name? With um, no, what's his They had three good seasons with when they made the playoffs. I know you don't think the first round, being exited in the first round, is uh, they don't count. You know, they don't count, man. Only if you win, if you win, if you win, a, uh, maybe uh, I'll be generous. One series, in one game, it'll count. Nah. But if you get swept. I mean, come on! That don't even that don't even, in my opinion, that don't even count that you were in the playoffs. And also, didn't you send me an article today with Woodson listed as like the top one of the top five Nick head coaches? Uh, it was yesterday I sent it to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I like Woodson. Don't get me. He was as a matter of fact, he was in the running. I was one of the people who might have got the job other than um, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Tom T- Woodson is easily the best. Head coach the Knicks had since Van Gundy, and that's not even that's not even up for debate. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, they you know I'm glad they made the decision to hire Tip, Tom Thibodeau because I know um, Jason Kidd was was the was the just yesterday they were saying like they think Jason Kidd emerged as the favorite even though Tom Thibodeau was always um, thought to be the favorite for for months now. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad they made the safe and best choice. You know, Jason Kidd, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a great player. Um, you know, he has that great relationship with the Greek freak, Giannis. But um, if, you're, if you don't think he's the right man for the job, you shouldn't hire him just so you could have uh, – I don't know, a a chance for Giannis to sign with the Knicks. I mean, we've been there before. I mean, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, trying to get a superstar player to to come over here, especially back lineup. So, to me, Knicks, they made the smart decision. They need a head coach, you know, that that preaches defense and, you know, who could um, turn this offense, you know, 
have a, have a, have a system that veterans and especially the young guys can buy into and turn this franchise around, and that will attract players to come here. Good players to come here eventually when they see that there's a, actually a system and uh, you know a method, you know, to the madness because the Knicks they've had madness, but they have no method, you know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why they can't play no D. And you know the Knicks is unfortunately the the laughing stock of the league. And I never thought in a million years a little kid growing up in the '90s seeing the Knicks, you know, the heart and soul of the NBA, you know, battling against giants like the Bulls, the Rockets, the the Pacers, the Mad, the um, the um, the Pacers, the the Heat, Spurs at the beginning of the Spurs dynasty, you know, the the Knicks, man, who would have thought in that 90s era they would have ended up ringless, but there, there was just some, you know, lesser-known player called Michael Jordan that no one's ever heard of that just, I don't know, surprisingly won six titles. But all, but all seriousness, man, you know, that was Jordan's era. No one could, no one could stop him that, you know, that, that, that decade, so... It is what it is. At the last dance, Knicks Knicks weren't picked to date to dance there. So Jordan so old so old the the the, the prom dresses and got all the rings at the last dance. So it is what it is. But what's your thoughts on the the typical signing? Uh, Mac, you still here? I think Mac is. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you now, man. I, I think okay. you, you might have been sobbing in the background. You know, me reminiscing about the, you know, the. <laughs> so I didn't hear. I didn't hear. I, I don't know if you heard me, but. Yeah, yeah. No, I heard you. Um, no, it's about Thibodeau. Yeah, he's a great coach, a great hire for the Knicks. I mean, he's he was with the Knicks organization before as an assistant. Um, on the mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gundy. And I yep. think bringing him back is going to bring that defensive uh, mindset to the Knicks, you know? He's a defensive specialist, so hopefully he's going to be able to, you know, um, incorporate, you know, that defensive scheme that he's had, uh, he, he's implemented with, you know, Chicago when he coached there and with Minnesota most recently. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he brings that uh, to the Knicks and these guys could, you know, play hard on defense because, I mean, I can't remember the last Knicks team that played really hard-knock defense, you know? You probably have to go back to 2000 team or 2001 team, yeah. So, but he's a great hire. You know, I feel much comfortable with him than Jason Kidd. Um, Even even though I don't think think the Knicks were really entertaining that, you know, I think uh, Jason Kidd would have been a last resort if they didn't get Thibodeau. So... But fortunately, they got Thibodeau, and you know that that's good. Very good news. Yep, and perfect segue. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, among other people, were mentioning their thoughts about the hire, and uh, Van Gundy said, uh, "Tom is an exceptional coach, and every Nick fan should be overjoyed that Leon convinced him to come home." And, yeah, he apparently told um, Ian Begley from SNY, um, "It's a hard job." And its uh, roster needs to be overhauled, but there's no place like the Garden when you win. Greg yeah. Popovich, 
he said, uh, Tommy is a seasoned veteran who goes without saying, understands what wins and what losses and what loses. Um, he knows how to put a program together, create a culture, and be demanding, and at the same time make people accountable. Well, see, we we were just mentioning all those teams: Van Gundy of the '90s, Knicks, yeah. which yep. of course you just mentioned. Uh, as you know, diehard Knicks fans know, he was part of uh, Van Gundy's staff, and then Greg Popovich, of course, the the ringleader of the the Spurs, um, you know, dynasty teams, which unfortunately, Knicks, you know, that 99 Knicks team was the first casualty of that dynasty. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that, um, you know, basically goes to show, um, yeah, the Knicks made a great hire, you know, and hopefully they'll stick with him, you know. Because this, this is the best, you know. This is um, this is one of the best coaching hirings that they they've had in in history. You know, Bundy, Riley. Um, yeah, man. You, I mean, you, what, what can you say? This, you know. Hopefully, Knicks will stick with him, and give him the pieces so that he could turn this franchise around. You know, I, I'm confident. You know, he has a great relationship with Leon Rose. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, in the, in these, you know, in this uh, five-year deal that he has with the Knicks. So, congratulations to Tom Thibodeau. And hopefully in the five years, you know, people mention the Knicks, you won't hear a laughing track like a sitcom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We want yep. them to hear one when, when people say the Knicks, we want them to be like the nineties. We want them to hear the um like the Freddy Cougar. You know what I'm saying? We want it, we want the fans to say think go New York, go New York, go. But we want the, the opposition to, to think that they're gonna hear Freddy Cougar or the Halloween theme song when they step on the court. When they when when they take one step inside the garden, you know, they hear the starting lineup, they're like, Oh snap, oh my god. Am I going? Am I going? Am I going to walk out of here not only with a dub, with, with a W, but alive? We want them. To, we want them to have fear to go into the garden. We don't want them to be like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna score a career high tonight." You know, <laughs> Ch- hear chance of MVP. You know, we want we want the garden to be, you know, the mecca of basketball again. You know, yep. I think this move will do, is that first piece to do it. So we'll see what happens, man. All right. And um, that's a beginning, you know, with, with Tom Thibodeau, but now it's a sad farewell with um, Jamal Adams uh, getting his wish. Um, he, he finally got traded. He didn't get traded to the Cowboys. He got traded to the Seattle Seahawks, so now he's going to be paired up with Russell Wilson, uh, which um, congratulations to him and uh, Sierra having a new a new baby. But now he has a new bundle of joy with Jamal Adams, you know, holding down the defense, 
with with them, man. You know the the Jets, man. They got a bunch of draft picks, man. They got man draft picks. They, 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 man, I mean, they're gonna be like the Knicks, man. They got they got so many draft picks. Uh, let me see. They got um the first round picks for 2001, 2022, a third rounder in 2021, and um, they also acquired uh, Bradley McDougald. So. You know, it's a sad way to end the thing, you know. And you know what's the mess up thing about it? He he was he was um the main guy lobbying for Le'Veon Bell to come come out of you know, that one year retirement Jets. And now he now now he's gone. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? ironic. It's crazy. I mean, you know, Jamal Adams, you know, he won a pay raise. And um, you know, most recently he was saying that Adam Gase isn't fit to be the Nick, the uh, rather the Jets head coach, which I do agree with him on that because um, that guy he's a, he's way overrated. Like that guy had no business. You're gonna pass up on Mike McCarthy and you got hire Adam Gase like for real. So I'm I'm with Jamal Adams with that on that thing. And then he talked about Woody Johnson. Um, Oh, which oh, I don't know if you heard Woody Johnson has his own uh, controversy. What's the controversy? Yeah, apparently um, some people think he said some some racist stuff. Um, oh wow! Uh, regarding black people. Wow. He, yeah, uh, it's like a crazy story. I mean, allegedly that's 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 what happened. I, I think he denies it. Um, you know, he denies it. But um, yeah. Let me let me see if I could find the actual um, you know, things that he allegedly, you know, said. Cause I don't want to, you know, misquote him or anything. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, all right so apparently he he um let me see where was he was he in uh, i think he was in london um let me just make sure Okay, where was that? Um, well, apparently they were. They, I think they they were scheduling a dance for Black History Month, you know, months ago. And apparently he he spoke to um he wondered if he had to speak to an audience that was, uh, and he quotes just a bunch of black people. And, wow. Uh, I think he said more stuff, but I you know I think that's. You know, wow, that's not good. What he said. So, you it's know, a bunch of black people. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is, man. He, I guess he's as a horrible person as he is as an owner. So, wow, it is what it is. Apparently, he's you know he's you know he's in the Trump administration, so he's an ambassador to Britain. So I guess when he went over there, and 
I mean, this was, he was speaking up some black people over there, a diplomat. I, I guess that's when he said that that comment. But that's my stuff. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, money could buy you a lot of things, but can't buy you class. So if he said that, then you know they should down Sterling him. I mean, he's a he's a horrible he's a horrible owner and. If what what was said was true, he's a horrible person. So yeah, he he needs to he needs to go. So yeah, that's what, for, for a guy who uh, owns a team uh-huh. that uh, has, has a, a bunch of just a bunch of black just a bunch of black people. As he said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he, if he has a problem with black people, then he shouldn't be getting green from from you know the black just the black people that play for him and you know support the team or anybody. Supports mm-hmm. so you know it is what it is, you know, just another bad owner. So, wow, it is what it is, but um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll uh shift gears to to wrestling, I guess, since um, I think there's something else I need to talk about before that. So, yeah, let's let's talk about the the horror show at Extreme Rules. What did you think of that event? It wasn't a great event. I mean, there weren't many exciting matches. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the... I, I mean, the uh, Kofi and the New Day versus Cesaro and Shinsuke, that was a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, there were there weren't that many good matches. I mean, Ziggler against uh, McIntyre, that was good. Why? That was that surprised me. I didn't think it was gonna be that good of a match. I thought it was gonna be a raw, a raw match. Yeah, just a typical raw match. But that that was a that was a really good match. Um, it was good. No, it was a good match. And then I guess uh, the swamp match mm-hmm. yeah, that was dramatic, and you know. Uh, that that was uh, that was good. It wasn't great, but it was good also mm-hmm. to watch that. Right. But yeah. On that pay per view, it wasn't. It was a okay pay per view. And I think the reason why it was an okay pay per view at best is because they had some weird, you know, basically Raw and SmackDown finishes where, you know, had some screwy finishes. Um. You know, of course, the the Asuka versus Sasha Banks match had a weird finish. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what other match um, had a weird finish. MVP declaring himself the winner. Oh, yeah, not MVP, even right. and, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You got Sasha Banks and MVP. They both declaring the, their winners mm-hmm. on the the weirdest fa- the weirdest fashion. Like you got right. two, you you legit have two competitors at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. Claiming to be yep. champions and they're not recognized officially as champions, which. To me, it literally makes no sense. I mean, you could do one person like that. The, your, the MVP doing it is is fine with me. Sasha Banks doing it, especially when it's supposed to be, a, you know, a, a historical moment that her and Bailey hold all the titles. That should have been a legit, a legit um, title win for her. Because if you're gonna make, if you're not, if you're gonna say that her victory is a valid, you know, title change, then the title should go back to to Oscar. Yeah. 
instead of having a vacant champion for them to battle it out, and then most likely Asuka is going to win that title back, which basically was a wasted short title reign for the first one, and then she's going to face um, most likely uh, Shayna Baszler because of the way how they're teasing it. So then she's going to lose the title again. Uh, she's going to lose the title again. Yeah. Which ruins her whole credibility. So if they're going to make Asuka lose the title and not really regain the title, you know, without, you know what I mean, without them saying that this is, you know, since Sasha didn't really win the title, that title change never happened. So Asuka is still the champion. Fine, I, I get it. For Asuka to have essentially win the title back again in such a short time and then most likely lose the title to Shayna Baszler at SummerSlam, I mean, it's just, you're, they're just ruining Asuka's, Asuka's um, tenure in WWE. You know what yeah, I mean? I agree. Because, yeah, I mean, if it would only work if, if Asuka would have retained the title you know, the Raw Women's title match. Or Sasha legit wins it, makes that brief history with Bailey that they hold all the titles, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion, and then, of course, the Tag Team Champions. That would have made sense. But, you know, it just does. And then, let's say, for example, Asuka wins Sasha on Raw, which I think that's most likely what's going to happen. And then... She faces Shayna Baszler, but Shayna Baszler loses. So what was the point of bringing back Shayna Baszler and putting her in a title match so early and she doesn't win the title? That ruins her, that, that further ruins her credibility as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah, sure. Shayna Baszler, you know, she's like on the, you know, she's like on the same level as like Ruby Riot. Well, I mean, obviously she's more intimidating. But I'm saying if Ruby Wright and uh, what's her name again, the the, the lady who's shooting with um, Liv Morgan. Why well, I forgot? Oh, Shonya Deville. See, those ladies, all all three of those ladies look like legit championship caliber, you know, for like a you know women wrestlers. Because I, I guess the the diva term is outdated, so I guess I can't use that. So. Those had they were had they been used properly during their tenures, those ladies could have legitimately challenged Ronda Rousey when she was there and Becky Lynch when she was there, or even right now Asuka. But because they were used, you know, as you know enhancement type, you know, talent enhancement type uh, talents to, you know the the quote-unquote top, you know, lady wrestlers, they they need to build themselves up. You know what I mean? They need more time for, for them to get a push. So if if um um Tina Basil loses again, I mean that's that's you know that's not that's not good for her 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 momentum. It was momentum. What happened? It ruins on her momentum. Exactly, because they were teasing her to be the one that was gonna overthrow um Bailey. I mean not Bailey. Well yeah, Bailey too. Well, now that I think about it. Bailey and then of course most notably um Becky Lynch. 
that's that's the problem with WWE. They're not they're not developing new stars. They're just they're just rehashing the the, the same old people. Which rumored they're going to have um, Drew McIntyre face um, Randy Orton for the title. I mean, it's not official, but that's the rumor that Randy Orton's going to face Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton might win the title, which to me makes no sense. If you're going to have Drew McIntyre drop the title, you should have made him lose it to Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Create a new star. I mean, well, technically he's not a new star, I mean, but a new champion. Randy Orton, like, uh, I don't know, I lost count, 15th championship reign. Uh, it, it's, it's, it makes no sense. And then they're, they're claiming that they're pushing young talent, but they have Randy Orton versus Big Show, which obviously, you know, Big Show de- got defeated. No shock there. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, this paper, back to this paper review, um, the the matches had potential, but these match these these endings were really they left much to be desired. So yeah, let's 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 um go into it more. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Murphy. Um, uh, of course Cesaro and Shisuke Nakamura defeated New Day. Uh, yeah, I think I predicted that to happen. Um, last week, I thought New Day was gonna retain. Yeah, but yeah, I thought Cesaro, Cesaro, and uh, Shinsuke would win, which made more sense to me. Uh, to elevate those 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 guys, and that's what happened. And uh, as a result, Kofi Kingston lost a match and got seriously injured. He's gonna be gone for like six weeks. And um, I say the highlight of uh, SmackDown, you know, I guess other than the bar fight match, was uh, Kofi giving. Biggie a, a heartfelt speech about you know him and Xavier Woods are 100 percent behind Biggie to go for the you know go on his championship you know run. Yeah, it should be about time now. It's about time, yeah, it's about time, man. It was a it was a heartfelt speech, and you know hopefully Biggie will win the title, you know, because he he's long overdue. He he literally has everything that WWE would normally liken a champion, you know, a big, strong dude who's quick, who's great on the mic, a fan favorite. I mean, like, the title should have been put on him a long time ago. As a matter yeah. of fact, going back to the genesis of the, the New Day, I thought he would have definitely, out of the three of them, he would have got the title. You know, but yeah, hopefully WWE will rectify that that error and uh, you know push him to be a champion. But um, yeah, now back to Bailey. Uh, she defeated Nikki Cross with the help of um, uh, Sasha Banks, of course. And then on on SmackDown, Nikki Cross. Uh, had a a very good match with um, Alexa Bliss to to become number one contender again for the the title, the women's title. Um, then of course you had 
an eye for an eye match where Seth Rollins, um, as as I predicted, he um, defeated Rey Mysterio by. Um, I get. Can you really say he got even? He got eye for an eye. I mean, he took out his first eye. Now he, he now Rey Mysterio is blind basically. Yeah. I mean, is this a, a a great way that you wanna um end the career of a legend? Seth Rollins ended up throwing up. Yeah, because you know Vince McMahon loves people puking. I mean, that's I mean. And I guess that's another start for a whole another time, but I, he apparently really likes that for some reason. But I I I digress because I, I don't want to throw it down on the air myself. So, <laughs> so yeah, that that's a that's just a weird match. I mean, I guess I don't even know what to say about that match. Uh, what, what do you think about that match? Uh yeah, it's definitely weird. Um. The ending for sure was weird. I mean, you don't—you didn't really see his. I mean, you—you you saw like a. I don't know if there's still pictures online. You see like Rey Mysterio holding an eyeball, you know. But live, you couldn't really see it. Uh, you just saw Seth Rollins, you know, pushing his face towards the steps, towards mm-hmm. the you know that sharp edge of the steps. Mm-hmm. And you know, then Rey Mysterio just holding his eye while he's on the floor. So you didn't really see the eye pop out, you know, or there wasn't any close-up of it. Mm-hmm. But though, though, just the whole premise of that match was just weird. So and gross, yeah, it was Seth Rollins vomiting. So. I think they think they're trying to be edgy, but I mean that's just that. I think that's just even more extreme for extreme rules. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Pull out your heart out, heart out, heartless match. The, the first one will rip your the opponent's heart out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, come on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love extreme matches. You know, hardcore matches, no disqualification, hell in the cell, all those type of matches. But this one just seemed, I don't know, just seemed like it. It just, you know, they just wanna. Oh wow, look at us, man. We're we're edgy. We're so edgy. But it's, I don't know. It just looked like it was forced. I guess as forced as Seth Rollins trying to, <laughs> I mean, blind his opponent. When yeah. You think of it. But yeah, it it is what it is. I I would have preferred a chairs match. Yeah, or you know, <laughs> or a cage match even. I thought the, I thought the chairs match was the worst idea concept of a match, but I for an eye man, that's just I just don't see it. Uh, I guess I'm like Real Mysterio. I just don't see it. <laughs> yep. I, th- this is just a dumb idea. But um, yeah, back to the Oscar uh, match. You know, she lost to Sasha Banks because um, ba- uh, Bailey interfered interfered in the match. Oscar spit green mist into the uh, um, referee's eyes, stole the referee's um. Yeah, what's up with Vince McMahon's eyes? You know, he... So the, the, yeah, red. <laughs> so... You just finished smoking weed or something. <laughs> so she spit green mist into his... She spit, uh, you know, the mist in his his eyes. And and then um, Bailey stole the referee, which only would have made sense if, if Bailey was already, you know, notified as one of the, the um, you know special guest referees of the match 
and then the guy got hurt, so then she took over and then used it, then that would have made sense. But obviously, you knew from the Jump Street that it wasn't gonna it it wouldn't it wasn't gonna be a legitimate um, title change because that would open up a whole can of worms for everybody to do that. Mm-hmm. So that whole title fake title change was was just a dumb idea, you know. So. You know, basically, in Extreme Rules, uh, that that match ended in in a uh, no in a disqualification, basically, or a no contest, which was dumb. Even though she had a pinfall, by she got the pinfall counted by um, Bailey, but uh, you know, Stephanie yesterday announced that, well, I should say Friday night announced that. Um, they're gonna that it, it wasn't a, a legit title defense, and Oscar's gonna be battling Sasha Banks uh, this coming week for the Raw Women's Championship. And then uh, Drew McIntyre, no surprise there, he defeated Dolph Ziggler, Extreme Rules match for the for the championship. But Dolph Ziggler had a smart idea. The Extreme Rules only applied to him, and McIntyre had to. Wrestle through, you know, you know, regular singles, um, singles rules. So, but in any case, you know, and then uh, not to mention, had uh, McIntyre gotten disqualified, he would lose the championship advantage, and the title would automatically go to to Ziggler. But um, we, with all those smart changes, stipulations. You know, we knew Drew McIntyre wasn't going to lose this match anyway, but it was amusing. You know, it was amusing yeah, that they added, they, had, they added those that stipulation. So it definitely made it interesting, even though we knew the result of the outcome. And then last but not least, a Wyatt Swamp match. Entertaining match. Oh, well, you know, about really. They, um, and basically... Um, Alexa Bliss, uh, uh, Sister Abigail took the form of um, Alexa Bliss and basically was tempting um, Braun Strowman, of course, you know, the defending um, uh, Universal Championship. Obviously, the title wasn't on the line, but um, she tried to lure him to, to, you know, to come with her. And, you know, basically that gave Bray Wyatt, vintage Bray Wyatt, the the upper hand, which basically resulted in him um, defeating him. And basically they felt they, they, they fought under the water and then the fiend version of Bray Wyatt emerged. So I guess they're hinting that Braun Strowman is still alive. Somewhere down below in the water, and then he's gonna have the title. See, but that would have made more that would have made more sense for him to be the champion because he brought him out of the water and then pulled the water the championship out of the water, and then that could have been a, 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 a that could have been a title right. That would have made actually more sense than than um, Sasha Banks being the champion. Yeah, that was the yeah that looked like something out of a. Uh... 
one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, like on Friday, Jesse. Uh, what's the name? Jason versus Freddy. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, it was a good match, and now it's gonna set up the Fiend versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Universal Championship. And which uh, the Fiend is, uh, I would expect the Fiend to win that. Yeah, I would assume so too. I would assume so. Yeah. And then eventually, um, Roman Reigns would eventually pop up and take the title from them, maybe at WrestleMania. Yeah, eventually. He announced that he's he's um, relinquishing the NXT uh, North American title because if you remember a, a few weeks ago, he he unified the titles. He he um, he retained. The W the you know the NXT North Division title, but then he but he um defeated Adam Cole for the NXT World Championship. So now he he's keeping the World Championship, but he's re, he's relinquishing his his uh NXT North Division title, so he could give you know the other wrestlers an opportunity to win that belt. And eventually face him for, you know, the North Division, the North, the, the World Champion. Mm. So now they're gonna have a, a, a triple threat matches to determine who's gonna face, uh, who's gonna face off in a ladder match, um, to crown the new NXT North Division Champion, North American Champion, I should say. I think that I think it was too early for him to relinquish for you know him to relinquish the title. I think they should have made him hold on to both belts for a few months and then afterwards, you know, have him lose I don't know, maybe the Carrying Cross, since Carrying Cross just showed up in the company. And then, you know, build and then eventually build a match between them again but for the North American the the world title at um the takeover before WrestleMania, but you know it is what it is. Uh, I'm trying to think what happened in AW. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not caught up with the. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen AW or NXT in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, um, what you gonna call it? Cody Rhodes? He defeated. Uh, Eddie Kingston in a, like a hardcore match. They had like thumbtacks and everything. Um, it, it was a good match. Um, uh, oh yeah, and lastly, um, Sammy Guevara he came out of his um, suspension um, with AEW because he said some you know offensive stuff about Sasha Banks, um, which led to his hit. You know, to his suspension, so he made his, his reveal that he's um, back in AEW and, of course, still a member of um, the inner circle. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's. Oh, um, the Good Brothers, uh, you know, uh, um, Gallows and Anderson, um, Kurt Hawkins, Heath Slater, 
now known as Heat Miller, uh, they made their they uh, yeah EC3 also he returned to um, Impact Wrestling. So uh, you know that's you know some of the big news from that uh, SM anniversary. And uh, Diana Perrazzo, she defeated um, um, I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, Jordan Grace, I think her name is. So you know, congratulations to you know Perrazzo. She she was recently released from NXT, and you know right. now she finally got the 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 women's title. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think that's about it, man. Anything you'd like to say? Uh, no, everyone just enjoy the weekend, enjoy the hot weather, and come back here, check out Sports of the Legend. Uh, you heard the guy, man. Check out, you know, um, you know, Sports of the Legend. Uh, check, check out this show. It's, you know, it's here on Black Talker Radio every Saturday at 11. Check out my YouTube channel, Sports of the Legend TV. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus